0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome. It's good to be here with you. Uh, just firstly, wanted to tell you that I really believe, and uh, somebody reminded me this morning that it was, um, it's really great to see you here because God is very pleased. And throughout the whole uh, Bible, we find that the, um, the day of the Lord was something that was really special to God. And God doesn't change; God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when you honor Him by coming to church, and and spending time, and and putting aside your life for a brief moment, and um, focusing on Him, that really brings a smile to His face. And He's quite, uh, you know, this is this is the blessing, this is the promise of the blessing in the Word of God, that if you honor my My Sabbath day, my holy day, you honor that. God notices that and you will receive the blessing of God because of that. So I wanted to just encourage you in that and to remind you and to um, mention that to you. So you see the first slide that we have this morning, it says up there, have faith in God. God is a faith God. Uh, The Bible says "The just shall live by faith and without faith it's impossible to please god doesn't mean that you get like maybe I might be able to please him a little bit it's it's a definitely you cannot please me without faith everything is about faith in our lives in our christian lives it's about the faith that we have and Even when you think about it, if you think about um, Apostle Peter when he stepped out of the boat and stepped onto the water, he was exercising some faith there, wasn't he? And it was amazing because he actually, when, when he exercised his faith and his belief and his trust, what happened? He, um, he opened up this, the whole supernatural and, and he started walking on the water. Uh, I stepped in the swimming pool and I just went straight down. So there's, if you, you think you're walking on the water is not a miracle, go try to step in the pool.
1: You go straight down and actually
0: it says that um, Peter started sinking. It doesn't say that all of a sudden he, started, he sank. It says he started to sink and then that's when he cried out to the Lord, help. All right? There's no time to get Distracted when you're walking on the water. Uh, even that was a miracle that he didn't sing totally. But then Jesus says to Peter, he says, why did you doubt? Where's your faith? And I think if I was Peter, I would have said, what about those other guys in the boat? They didn't even get out. But Jesus didn't even consider that. He said to Peter, Why did you doubt? Where's your faith? And even when Jesus died, and he told him for three years, Okay, I'm going to go, after three years, I'm going to go, I'm going to die for you, and then I'm going to come back to life. He was clear about that to the disciples. He told them, I'm going to do that. And then what happened? Uh, Jesus came back from the dead, resurrected, God resurrected him from the dead. And is alive forevermore. Hallelujah. And then. What happened? It says right away. It says. And Jesus actually had to go find the disciples. Like there was no welcome sign. Welcome home Jesus. No clapping. No nothing. Jesus had to go find them. Because they were hiding. And the first thing Jesus did. It says in the word of God. It says he upbraided them for their unbelief wasn't like, oh, how are you? Good to see you. Welcome home. It's like, no, where is your faith? So without faith, it's impossible to please God. The just shall live by faith. Now, now, today we're going to look at the chapter, a chapter in um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. So if you have a Bible, then maybe you want to take some time now. And a lot of this might be um, well known to a lot of you, but we trust the Holy Spirit to give us fresh revelation, fresh application. And my family and I came up with one yesterday. It's our very own Dudoxable Sable saying, we call it now. I said, the Holy Spirit is like a GPS. He uh, reconnects us. He re centers us, and Dylan said, he, yeah, and he reroutes us so that we can commit, recommit to our journey with Jesus. He reconnects us, re centers us, and reroutes us in order that we can commit to our journey with Jesus. I want to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. Paul says, because of God's mercy and kindness, that he never gives up. Can you go to the next slide? Maybe I'll turn it on There we go. Therefore, since God in His mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. And uh, I want to encourage you, if you're praying, if you're praying for your loved one, or you're praying for something, or you are really um, burdened about something, to, to continue. Never, never, never give up. And, and I like, I'm going to read this first verse from the message because it says this. Since God has so generously let us in on what he is doing. We're not about to throw up our hands and walk off the job just because we run into occasional hard times. <laughs> Never ever give up. Oh. Who knows John Wesley? He was the founder of the Methodist Church. Now, John Wesley, we all know, is, like I said, his, his ministry, 200 years later, is still going. The Methodist Church is doing pretty well. But I found that this, this um, picture, and I was fascinated by it, because it's a really a, about not giving up. And, and I will quickly want to tell you <coughs> Let's read it here. So it says here, Sunday morning, May 5th, he preached in St. Anne's and was asked not to come back anymore. Sunday p.m., May 5th, preached in St. Paul's, and the deacon said, get out and stay out. Sunday, May 12th, he preached at St. Jude's, can't go back there either. Sunday afternoon, May 12th, he preached at St. George's, kicked out again. Sunday, May 19th, preached at somebody else's. By that time, he's getting a little bit upset. Deacons called a special meeting and said, I couldn't return. May, tw- May 19th in the afternoon, preached on the street, kicked off the street. May 26th, preached in the meadow, chased out of the meadow as a bull was turned loose during the service. June 2nd afternoon, our morning, he preached out on the edge of town, kicked off the highway. Sunday, June 2nd afternoon, afternoon service. Preached in a pasture. 10,000 people came to hear me. Hallelujah. Sometimes the thing we perceive as failures. Are actually the steps to your breakthrough. And John Wesley used to tell them. Don't go in that tree. You guys get out of that tree. you were sitting in trees. And he said. When the, when the spirit of God falls. And God, God falls in this meeting. That, that will take you right out of the tree. And you're going to get hurt. Get down. Never ever give up. So, no matter how well we know God and follow God, we can always ask Him to increase our awareness and increase our obedience. So, a growing tree has strong roots, firstly, and then maturity comes. How many of us have been Christians for a while? We got some roots. But when the winds blow and the storms come, the tree, especially even the palm tree, and the Bible speaks a lot about palm trees, the palm tree doesn't start freaking out because it's the storm. It has this ability to actually bend over in the storm and comes right back up again. We have streams here. It says, then your faith... Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow in Colossians 2, 7, will grow strong in the truth you were taught and will overflow with thanksgiving and thankfulness. Jeremiah, the, the book of Jeremiah, verse uh, chapter 17, verse 7 and 8 says, But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a river bank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. So with singleness of mind and with singleness of heart, we're to serve the Lord and The Bible teaches us that there's no double mindedness allowed. Unfortunately, I read in the Bible last week that God said, I hate double minded men. (laughs) Guess what? I changed right away. I started looking at myself instantly. I went, Whoa, got to sort myself out on a few things here. I'm not going to be accused of being double minded. And the enemy, he's good at that. He likes to play with you. No double-mindedness allowed. No wavering allowed. The Bible actually says that too. Serve the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. So, in verse 5, go back here to this. Verse 5, you see, We don't go around preaching about ourselves. And we preach that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. And I like this this verse here. I found this was very interesting in 2 Timothy 2, verse 8. Paul says he preaches Jesus. Always remember that Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David was raised from the dead. This is the good news I preach. And you might wonder why in the world was it so important that he mentioned King David here, Jesus Christ, the descendant of King David. Well, the reason being is that Luke's gospel begins with Adam and Matthew's gospel begins with Abraham. But between Abraham and Abraham, and David both of them are the same and the promises of God were made to David and the promises of God were made to Abraham and several Old Testament promises and prophecies were about the Messiah and they were going to be descended from King David the prophet Nathan said it uh, it was strongly alluded to in the Gospel of Luke at the Annunciation of the birth of Jesus Christ and in Psalms it says that God's going to establish His throne of David forever on the seat through the house of David. I was thinking about us as Christians, what, how could we simplify and, and instead of getting into big debates and arguments and, and all kinds of endless conversations about what we believe. And I thought that this would be a good thing for us to grab onto. Jesus Christ The descendant of King David was raised from the dead. That really puts it in like a nice little place for us. We can understand that. Now, this is interesting. Now we're going to start uh, talking about faith a bit here. Jesus Christ, the descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. Paul said that. Paul preaches this. And all of a sudden... Paul ends up in the big trouble. And he ends up with a lot of problems. So let's go to verse 13 now. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. Now what did Paul believe? That Jesus Christ, the descendant of King David, was ridden from the dead. We also believe therefore and speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us, a far more exceeding and eternal way of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So Paul says here in verse 13, we have the same spirit of faith. It's we have, like we having. It means that it wasn't just a moment of time. But it's a continuous, constant thing that we have. It's the spirit of faith. And the first thing about it is that the spirit of faith is contagious. He said the spirit of faith is contagious. You couldn't hang out with Paul and not catch what he had. Timothy caught it from him. And Timothy caught it from his parents. Remember his grandmother and his mother. In your house, in your house, you are going to teach and people that are in your house with you, your children, your loved ones, whoever, you have the spirit of faith. They're going to catch that spirit of faith. It's contagious. You start hanging out with people who have the spirit of faith. You start believing that miracles are coming. You start to anticipate and expect the faithfulness of God <clears throat> start to expect the supernatural things to happen and basically you begin to laugh at impossibilities the spirit of faith in other words the principles of faith are taught but the spirit of faith is caught what else what else would make Joshua command the sun to stand still. How did Joshua even know that that was on the menu? Perhaps he was there at the Red Sea when Moses parted the Red Sea and Joshua went, Ooh. Oh, I didn't know you could do that. So Joshua is saying, Okay, I'm going to stop the sun from moving. Wow. Unbelievable. Joshua and Caleb had this at 80 years old. You are not too old. They had a mountain to conquer. They said, we are well able. Let's go. No rocking chairs for us. We're not thinking about our retirement now. 80 years old they had it. God said to them, your best days are ahead of you. Your best days are ahead of you. Don't let the devil tell you your best days are past you. It's not right. God will bring it to pass. What does that mean? It means I'm the believer, not the performer. We are the believers, not the performers. God will bring it to pass. God is reaching Into your future. There's light before you. He has things that are pre organized, pre arranged things. Nothing is impossible with God. He has no limits. Joshua and Caleb had it at 80 years old, David had it at 17 years old. Young people. Get fired up. You don't have to wait till you're 40, 50 years old. God is faithful at 17. David was 17 years old when he killed Goliath. He was the only one to talk back to Goliath. The whole Israeli army was there. Messing their pants. Big Goliath was out there. David? Says the Bible says. And David said. Who's this heathen? And Goliath said. And David said. And Goliath said. And David ran to him and killed him. And chopped his head off. And Goliath didn't say anything anymore. The Lord said it this way. Never run at your enemy with your mouth closed. God has ordained strength to come out of your mouth. Imagine Paul and Silas in jail at midnight. Paul's there and at midnight he was in jail, he was beaten he was in chains he was embarrassed locked up, tied up embarrassed and then you can imagine Paul saying you know devil you got my arms in chains You got my legs in chains. You beat my back. You've embarrassed me, but there's one problem, one mistake. You should have put some tape on my mouth. Because they started singing and praising and everybody heard it in the jail. And then the earthquake happened and the angel came. The doors blew open and everybody was free. God has ordained strength to come out of your mouth. It's one thing in Luke, 12, Luke 22. Uh, yeah, let's go Luke eleven twenty two. 22. Jesus said, whosoever, which is all of us, saith, saith to this mountain, be cast into the sea. Why did he say that into the sea? Because the sea is big enough to receive it. The sea is big enough to dissolve it so that there's no evidence that it was ever there in the first place. And doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes he shall have whatever he saith. The Lord said believe once. He said say three times. Faith works like that. release the word for us through the words that we speak. Paul said he had the identical same spirit of faith as David did. He therefore I believe, therefore I spoke. And that's from Psalms 116 and David said, you have saved my life. You have stopped the tears from my eyes. In other words, you're going to quit whining about things. And you keep my feet from stumbling. In other words, I'm not going to keep tripping over the same things all the time. Paul had the same spirit of faith. As the psalmist said, I believe, therefore I spoke. We believe, therefore we speak. You cannot run at your enemy with your mouth closed, like I said, from the Jews Paul received 39 lashes five times. That's 195 beatings on the back. Shipwrecked. Beaten with rods three times, pelted with stones, shipwrecked three times, spent a night and day in the open sea, was constantly on the move. In danger from the rivers, in danger from the bandits. Chose And chased by the Gentile, chased by the Jews. In danger in the cities, in danger in the country. In danger at the sea. He had 40 men that were fasting. And they made a vow that they weren't going to stop fasting until he was dead. Yep, snake bit, beaten the head and left for dead. And now Paul stands up and says, And now thanks be unto God. Who always leads me in triumph victory? How? If you look at all these circumstances that we just said about Paul, how can he stand up and say, Now thanks be unto all to God who always causes me to triumph in Christ Jesus? Hallelujah. Because he believed, therefore he speaks. You don't look at your circumstances. You don't go by your feelings. You don't go by what your kinfolk say to you. You go by what you believe. And that's what you speak. Thanks be unto God. You know, in Hebrews chapter 11, the Holy Spirit chose 20 times to write by faith. By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, through faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. By faith. And you say, You ask the Lord, how am I ever going to do that, Lord? What's He going to say? By faith. How am I ever going to do your will, God? By faith. How am I ever going to trample the enemy, God? By faith by faith, by faith, 20 times. And there's some people in Hebrews chapter 11 that shouldn't really be in the Bible. Most of them wouldn't want them in their church. We heard about Rahab the harlot. She's in there. Samson's in there. How in the world did he get in there? Noah's in there. Noah got drunk. After the boat thing, had enough. He got drunk, he depressed Abraham couldn't really tell the truth all the time. Moses had an anger problem. By faith, by faith. And the way the Lord said it to me, yep, that's because I want you all to know 2,000 years later that there's going to be somebody, somebody that said they're not good enough. Somebody's going to feel that they can't do it. It's by faith. You can do it. We all can do it. By faith, by faith. Hebrews 11, chapter 11. You have a measure of mountain-moving faith. Whoever says to this mountain, be cast into the sea. You know, Jesus Jesus cursed the tree. They were pretty impressed with that. Right? Remember they said, wow, Lord, that was amazing. The tree is dead. Jesus could have said wow well, whoever says it is tree but Jesus had a faith attitude He he went mountain You think the tree cursing the fig tree is a big deal Look you got to hear your pastor's voice but your mountain needs to hear your voice You got to speak to those mountains it's not enough to believe. The, de- the demons believe in God and tremble. But Jesus said, whoever believes and say it, says and says. Wow, we have to say, I plead the blood of Jesus over my life. It's not enough to just think it. You got to talk. You got to say it with your mouth. Thanks be unto God who always causes me to triumph. Verse 15 and 16, I'll go back to that so we can have a look at that. 15 and 16, for all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. Yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Grace reaches more and more people and there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. And that is why we never give up. To the praise of God's glory. And if we can catch that saying... The Almighty God is enthroned in heaven above, but around Him is His glory. And the glory is like a consuming fire. God is the consuming fire. And when you say glory to God, praise, praise God, glory to God, that glory of God, it sucks it up. And it's like adding wood to the fire, and the fire gets bigger and bigger. So the more you praise Him, the more the glory is is taking it all in and the glory is more and more and that's why the devil wants the glory because that's where the power is and the Bible often says Paul often said to the praise of God's glory that praise your glory Father thank you Father and glory to God we have nothing else to say even though our bodies are dying they said our bodies are dying hallelujah 20, I said last time, 29,000 days if you're lucky or if you're strong enough. But my inward man is being renewed every day. Their inward man was being renewed every single day. Isn't it great that sometimes you just wake up and go, Hallelujah, it's a new day. The mercies of God are new every morning the Holy Spirit is such a, a loving a loving friend and comforter and God that he just continuously renews you and encourages you the comforter he's the comforter he's the one he teaches us about the Lord and his glory and verse 17 for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. The present fight is not just for today. I like this verse. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah 29, 11. The present fight that we are into today is not just so Oh, you'll have a great afternoon. It's not about that. It's not all oh, God's going to, you know help me next week at work or something. It can be for today. it can be for the next 12 months. It can be for the next five years. It can be for the next 10 years. What you're fighting today is not always about today. It's about the next generations coming. What we believe, what we stand on today is for the faith to be carried on. And that's what he's saying, Paul's saying here. Present fight is not for today, it's for the future. Even Abraham Lincoln said in the Civil War, today's fight is not just for today, it's for tomorrow too. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans prosper you. Not to harm you, plans... To give you a hope and a future. Now, I know there's a lot of controversy about this verse. But my point is, is that there are some plans for us. God has a master plan. He is looking into your life. Actually, the Bible teaches us that he is interested in Psalm verse 30 and chapter 34. Psalms. God is interested in every detail. Of a man's life. Right down to how many hairs are on your head. Is this not incredible? Is God not a master God so great that he can understand and he can do everything? God has no limits. Present fight is not just for today. At verse 18, fix your eyes on what is unseen. Where are you looking? The seen world or the unseen world? Everything is temporary at best, as our dad Ivan used to say. Everything's temporary at best in this world. But the things that are unseen are eternal. The fight of faith is for eternal rewards, for eternal blessings. It's an eternal thing that we're working on here. In conclusion, uh, how do I join the people of God and receive the spirit of faith? And I just absolutely love this scripture. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned, and we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, in His grace, freely makes us right in His sight, and He did this through Christ Jesus when He freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed His life Shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past, for he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just, and he makes sinners right in his sight. When they believe in Jesus. Paul had so many troubles. But the spirit of faith will cause us to continue to fight. And it caused him to continue to fight. He said, fight the good fight of faith. It's a good fight because we fight from the place of victory. You don't fight from a place of defeat. That triumphant, when God leads me in triumphant procession, that's when they used to, the kings used to win the wars and they would, they would parade the enemy through the town just so they can show how they triumphed over the enemy. And this is the fight of Faith. God gives us this triumphant procession. Blessed be God who always leads me in triumph, in the procession of triumph. Paul fought the fight of faith. My dad, before he went home to the Lord, he said, tell my brothers I fought the good fight of faith. The race is over. The battle's won. And in Acts 26, when Paul was before King Agrippa, a couple years before he died, he says to King Agrippa, I think myself a happy man. I think myself a happy man. (laughs) Times are good. We have to serve the Lord with joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. In God's presence is fullness of joy. May the Lord bless.